My name is Matt McSweeney. It is Thursday, February 18th, 2021. Carson Wentz has just been traded to the Indianapolis Colts for a third-round pick this year and a future second-round pick next year, which could turn into a first-round pick if he plays 75% of the snaps or if he plays 70% of the snaps and they make the playoffs. So now I have to root for Carson Wentz to at least play in you know X amount of games or snaps until we get our pick turned into a first-round pick. But now the question is, how are we supposed to feel about it? How, what, how does, how, you know, where does this leave us as, a, as an Eagles franchise? What do we do now? You know, now that this is all over and we can stop talking about it, what do we do going forward? So we, you know, obviously... Next year, they, they're already saying, and some, some of the various accounts on Twitter and whatnot, because that's the news hub, are saying that Jalen Hurts is not locked to be the starting quarterback next year and that they're going to bring in other, uh, I would say, veteran sort of competition and they're not ruling out the possibility of drafting a quarterback. And just, you know, it's not, they wanted to make it clear that it's not a Jalen Hurts job per se. And uh, yeah, cool. I understand that. But from from where I'm at right now, I'm viewing Jalen Hurts as he's the starter going forward. Now, do they move uh, a, you know, do they say move, you know, I, I see see people saying move up and get a quarterback. I don't think you need to move up. If you're going to pick a quarterback, you're going to pick one at six and whatever falls to you falls to you. Is it going to? Will that be Justin Fields? Will that be Zach Wilson, the guy from BYU? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not here to tell you honestly if I'm interested in doing something like that or not. Right now, I, I right now I'm just you know strictly want to speak about the you know the Carson Wentz situation. And I, I you know how 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 are you you know how are we supposed to feel about this? Because I see a lot of people are upset, and they're upset that I guess we didn't get more that we even had to get rid of him. Or whatever, you know, you tell me why you're upset. You can be upset at Howie. I, I, I see a lot of people are directing their anger and vitriol towards Howie. And I understand that because Howie, you know, Howie has been a, a, a incredibly bad uh, GM the last couple of years. Since uh, I'd say around right, right as soon as we won the Super Bowl going in that 2018 season, you know, he traded for Golden Tate. That that was like the last good move like where maybe that didn't even work out, but I mean, I guess you could say he called a touchdown pass and won us a playoff game. But he, you know, that was the last move where I was like, "Okay, that's a good move," you know. That's that's you know, I really agree with that. That's that's an aggressive, you know, I'm always a fan of trade trading for people, you know, if you're especially him. I've never been a fan of him or never been not been a fan of him trading his draft picks to get players because he can't pick players in the draft. He cannot evaluate it whatsoever. So I'd rather get the commodity that we know instead of taking a chance on some guy that he is going to, you know, some guy that's in a prayer circle or in a, you know, a Bible group in West Western, you know, Kentucky, who he thinks is going to be a great, you know, safety or, or wide receiver or something, something along those lines. So, the problem remains Howie. Howie is always going to be a problem for as long as he's here. But the bigger, more over, you know, overarching problem, I would say, is the fact that Jeffrey Lurie has turned this place into into the Cleveland Browns in an absolute dumpster fire. That 
the the championship corrupted all of them absolutely, and they they have there there's no sign like they 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 don't even realize what they've done or that what they're doing is wrong. They think that they literally are doing the right thing and building a, us a a champion like a future champion. That that this is how it's done. Oh, you know we we went a little hard trying to win the championship a couple of years, uh, so we've absolutely stripped the team of all of its assets. We have literally no cap room whatsoever, and now we just you know traded the the hundred million dollar quarterback for uh, essentially you know pennies on the dollar because you would have told me to you know when we were having the conversation between Wentz and Foles. Who you know who you were going to trade, and people were saying, "Well, let's trade Wentz because you'll get a couple first round picks. You'll get a lot of value for him. You know, you'll get you'll you'll at least get some some substantial value if you trade him now, as opposed to trading you know Foles or or you know get, getting rid of Foles because we were never going to get a lot for Foles because he was a little older. You tell me now, Carson Wentz just got traded for a third round pick this year and maybe a first round pick next year. That's you know that's pretty crazy." But the situation that we were in now, and the situation that we continue to be in, it's a great, it's a good trade. It's not a great trade, but it's a good trade. He got, he got something for him when no one wanted him. We were saying you, that th- this is the thing that bothers me when we we do this and we we talk about things. We a couple weeks ago, and I talked about it on this podcast. We were taught, we were talking about what could we possibly get for him. His contract is so bad, nobody wants him, and now we trade him. For you know, we 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 were gonna say we were saying back then, look, fourth round pick, fifth round pick, whatever we can get, let's get rid of him. Oh, bring him back. We didn't know, you know, we didn't know what to do the whole time. He's remaining quiet. Okay, and I'll talk about his end of this because uh, people, a lot of people are absolving him and just saying that it, it's okay. You know, it, his behavior and the way he acted in acting like an absolute spoiled brat and child and getting what he wanted. This this is exactly what he wanted. He got traded, and he got he got to he got to, sent to Indianapolis with it with his daddy Reich, and he got exactly exactly what he wanted, and and there's no repercussions for it whatsoever. He played the worst season he possibly could. He got Doug Peterson fired. He acted like, and like I said, he acted like a fucking child the whole time, and that's it. We haven't heard from him still since. It, you know, it's two months, three months since he's been benched. Disgrace, and I'll tell you what. This is going to be a lot of ranting because I'm going to continuously lose where I'm at. We'll forget what I'm talking about. I'm 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 worked up today. Okay, I'm worked up. I did not expect. I had notes written down and ready to go, but you know they they go out the they go out the window when something like this happens. I was going to talk about how you know the the Bears are out and it's just going to be Indy now, and it's basically about what can you squeeze out of Indy. And maybe pray that another team gets involved because the reports were that Chicago was out. Now they're saying that no, no other team even made an offer. Other teams were interested; they were following along, but no one really wanted Carson Wentz. They they all looked into it. They all saw, saw what we saw last year, and they all have heard the rumors about the, you know, the person, you know, his situation with you know how he's been acting and whatnot and there are other reports are saying now that he didn't even request a trade which obviously i didn't i i never thought he was requesting a trade but he was very unhappy with what happened they say he's just unhappy with the hurt situation and he wasn't against coming back whatever bullshit okay because if he if he if he was doing that then he would you know if he was if he was totally for coming back 
or not against coming back. He would have came out and said, you know, hey, he would have made a statement. We we said that. We all said that. And now don't don't try and go back and revisionist history that situation. Okay. So what I was talking about earlier, how he that made he made a good deal today. Today was a good deal. He he got the you know whatever value. He got a couple picks. He just got something for him, and now we can just move on and start over because obviously Carson did not want to be here. It was over with. You can be upset about the trade, but he did not want to be here, and he did nothing. He did nothing to to help his situation in coming back. If that's what he really wanted to do, which it is obvious that he did not want to do. So Carson again. He wanted nothing to do with this, and I don't blame him. Okay, as you know, as a objective bystander, I do not blame you for for one not wanting to associate yourself with this just you know dumpster fire of a team and organization, and you know. But you are to me, I viewed him as like he was a part. He's a part of the toxicity. He's a part of the why we are in this situation and why it became you know he obviously his you know you know I, I don't even want to make these grand sweeping statements today i'll let more and more and more information come out about how he did this and did that and was reportedly or allegedly acting childishly behind the scenes with coaches you know obviously the play uh, all the players will come out and say that they had they had his back and they loved him and they loved the guy he was but there was obviously he was non-receptive. We did all of this, okay? And I feel just it's tired to rehash it. And honestly, I'm gonna be happy when pretty soon we'll never have you know not that we'll never, but we won't have to talk about him all the time, 24/7. You know he he can he can go out to Indianapolis and frolic and enjoy the time. We can talk about whether or not we think that he's gonna be <clears throat> just voice crack right there. Whether or not he's going to revive his career out in Indianapolis, or whether he's going to, you know, be worth make that make that second round pick become a first round pick, which I think he will. If they traded all that for him, they're going to want to make this work out, and I don't think they're going to have a backup option because it seems like we've just said that Carson doesn't really. If you have a viable backup that could that could come step in and take his job. You know that could be that could be a problem for him. He, you know, now now it's you know the handling of the hurt situation is apparently that was apparently a problem for him. That that's what his whole problem was the whole time. That's what Adam, I was just listening to ninety seven five, and that's what Adam Schefter was just saying on there. So, what what you, you what are you what are you supposed to believe? Because the whole time they told us beforehand that that was never a, a problem. He came to training camp and you know he worked it out. Maybe he's talking about being benched. Or that whole situation, I, I don't know. I to me, I don't think Carson has any room or any. He has he just has no room or, or you know he has no room to talk at all. He has no room whatsoever. He played horrifically, and it is not all his fault. But he did not handle it at all. He did not handle it well whatsoever. He made this thing way bigger than it even needed to be. But. Not every, not for, you don't see a lot of franchise quarterbacks, you know, that of what he, what people perceive, what he believe is his caliber being sat down. So maybe he thinks that they crossed the line and they, they embarrassed him and he needs to go somewhere else to somewhere where they're going to appreciate him. Maybe he doesn't take any accountability. He, I, I watched the, his, his press conference from the night he got drafted or the night he got, uh, he got benched. 
and he was saying, "Listen, hey man, I basically I am what I am. You know, I have I believe in my capabilities, and it's out of my hands. They they took me out. You know, I, it's not, it's not my fault." When we saw Jalen Hurts come into the into the game and play quarterback, and he was uh, like worlds better than Carson Wentz was this past season with the, with the same situation. All, all all you know, all things considered, they they played with the same team, and one guy was able to move the ball, and one guy wasn't. One guy can run, one guy really can't anymore. One guy who was the you know an athlete and came into this team as like a guy who could you know leave the pocket and make plays outside the pocket and you know spread the field by making plays downfield that was absolutely nowhere nowhere to be found in the last couple years to be honest his deep ball was ne- never really had much accuracy whenever he played with djax yeah he was able he was able to link up the two games or three games we played of the last three years now that 100 i will i will tell you that's a problem though they never they really didn't give him many uh many weapons uh but even this year he couldn't even find like Ertz, who is his you know his trusted guy, Goddard was, you know. Oh, but these are tight ends. I'm talking about weapons on the outside, uh, superior athletes. Just you know, guys that it seems like other teams have that we just never are able to have. Maybe he'll go out to Indianapolis and he'll have guys like Michael Pittman. And, you know, it'll it'll be Paris Campbell. I think is coming back next year. Maybe he'll turn it around and that they'll become a absolutely absolute juggernaut. Maybe an offensive juggernaut with fire running backs, great a great offensive line, a great defense. Like that team is set up, and I wouldn't be surprised if they're right in the mix. You know, battling for battling for a championship. Honestly, they're they're, they're right there, and I, there was never a doubt in my mind that Carson Wentz could absolutely be the, your quarterback and win it. You can win a championship with him. You just have to have like if you see their team, you just have to have. A perf like a perfect setup. You have to have everything around him to make his life easier because he's not the kind of quarterback that's going to uplift the team through the you know through the fire. You can say that he may have did that in 2019, but that was against some bad teams. And if you guys want to, if you guys really want to remember, they were not good teams that he's playing against in the NFC East. And last year he could have done the same thing in 2020, but there was a, you know obviously must have been too much for him. There were not there were not great teams. They could they could have beaten the you know, Washingtons of the world at the end of the season, but they, you know, he already had been sat by then, but he had done enough to seal his own fate and get, you know, write his ticket out of town. And I do believe that there was room they wanted I I think if you asked the Eagles, they would have loved for him to come back and Maybe battle it out for the starting position. I don't. Maybe not though, because maybe that's too much of a risk. And you get rid of him now while you can, so that because if he loses his job to Jalen Hurts, he's done as as a starter in this league. He would be he would become Jameis Winston, and Jameis Winston was a starter up until he lost his job to Tom Brady, and he no 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 one wanted them in the free agent market. I, I'm sure a team, if you would say were to cut Carson Wentz and bring him, you know, just let let him go. And bring him in, they would absolutely, you know, he would absolutely have some suitors and definitely find himself a good team, a good situation. And it seems like right now he ended up in the best situation possible for him. So good luck to Carson. Good luck to Indianapolis. I will not be rooting for you uh, more than us getting the snap count. Uh, I personally don't like Carson. I think he, as I've made it very clear on this podcast, I think he childed his way out of this situation. And he was not ready to stand and fight. 
He was not built for this city, frankly, and this this city is an absolute shark tank. Uh, you, If you want to come here, you will receive hate. It will not always be sunshine and rainbows. It's mostly going to be rain clouds and large thunderbolts crashing around you. So be prepared for that. They, But they will love you if you win. And that's that, that will – I mean, I'm sure that that's pretty much true anywhere, though. But we really get into it. All right? I'll say that. Here in Philly, we, we, we love it. We really get into it. And when we win here, it is different because you hear people say that. They're like, yeah, they won here. Yeah, it, it gets pretty crazy here. These people, we really get into it. And I'm proud of that, and I always will be proud of that. And don't let these idiots ever tell you that it, we shouldn't be proud to be from Philadelphia or that this place is horrible for athletes or whatever because it's not. Guys like him who can't handle it, they can go. If you, He's, not built, he's never going to be able to play here. He's not, it's just it means too much to the people here, and it just obviously didn't mean that much to him. To him towards the end here, he didn't really. It was just you know, he was kind of like it is what it is. So I think he needs to go somewhere else. Find find that passion again. Find that that like you know that I don't know. Well, the word I'm looking for the zest. I know he loves the game, and I know he like he's a professional athlete. It's not like he hate, but it just seemed like last year in Philly he didn't really care what happened. It was just. He made his mind up like it is what it is, dude. Like who cares? I'm I'm playing bad. Where I'm throwing bad bad passes. We're losing games. Who cares? You know. So hopefully for his sake and for Indianapolis, he finds some sort of passion and uh, will to get back to the player that he was. You know, formerly. Uh, like I said, the Eagles. This this kind of eliminates our you know our big problem of the quarterback situation. Now we can. Give the keys to Jalen, and we can, you know, we can bring in other guys. Uh, will they bring in a quarterback? I would really like to consider bringing in Justin Fields. There's more and more that I, you know, I'd like to see and know about. He was hurt during those last games in the uh, college football playoff, so I'm not. But I, I, you know, I've seen some great things from him, but I'm also sure that there's some pl- plenty of bad things. I think he could be. He's he has the same similar skill set to uh, Jalen Hurts. But I think he's just he's bigger, stronger, and I think he could be better. He may not be faster, but I think he could be the better long term player when you look at the two. I'm still wondering about Jalen Jalen Hurts. My questions still don't don't end it by, you know, him. I saw people were like, Oh, you you wanna give the keys to Jalen Hurts, he's the franchise quarterback now. Yeah, what did you know, uh Carson, you, you know, you, he could have been the franchise, you know, whatever. Uh, all right, I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but I, I, I keep, I've been on Twitter all day reading all the dumb shit that people are saying, just trying to see what the vibes are and see what people think. And people are acting like we're getting rid of Carson because we have Jalen. We're like, we're, we want to, we're eager to throw the keys to him. And this is not, for me, is not anyone anywhere near the, the case or what I want to happen. I, I think. You have to. You just have to look at the fact that Carson didn't want to be here. He wanted nothing to do with the situation. He wanted nothing to do with the city. He wanted nothing to do with the fans, obviously, because he wasn't. He wouldn't. He gave nothing to us. He he didn't talk to us. He didn't. And maybe you can say he doesn't owe us nothing. Whatever. But me as an Eagles fan, I don't owe that motherfucker shit. All right. Frankly, okay. Sorry for the uh, curse words, but it has the explicit next to it. I do drop some some f bombs from time to time. That I don't owe him shit. I don't. Uh, we don't owe him shit. We. we it was 100% mutually beneficial. Okay. He. He won here. He had found some success here. He had a great year here. We. You know. We won the Super Bowl. He will go down as a Super Bowl champion from his time here in Philadelphia. But we paid him 140 million dollars, right? 100. 
30, yeah, something like that. And it's not my fault that our general manager didn't give you uh, wide receivers and stuff like that. I personally feel a little, like, slighted and betrayed by Carson because he's kind of just left us out in the dust. Maybe he'll come out and say, oh, it was great, whatever. He'll do this typical statement, but it just shows to me that it didn't, uh, it, you know, it, I don't want to say it was fake, but it, it seemed this love was fake. Was the thing we had even between us even real? It doesn't feel like it. Feels fake. Feels like he's, you know, he's so ready to move on to the new girlfriend. He couldn't wait to get rid of us. We had just become baggage in his life. People on his Instagram just hating on him. And I'm sure he just couldn't stand the, the constant, probably, barrage that he was under. And the, the I'm sure that the fan base is a little, you know, not to say that they don't care about their team, but they're probably a little less rabid than the, uh, you know, than, than the ones in, in you know, Philadelphia. Then then I, I can tell you that for a fact. There's no way those people go as hard as we do. So maybe that's better for him. Maybe that's the better better for everyone that they they can't stand in they can't step into the uh, lion's den into the shark tank and uh and win and you know compete at a high level cuz you know we've only been able to do it a couple times apparently you know since since I've been alive two times. Uh, and you know I don't think it's that bad. I really I, you know I really don't think it's all that bad. These a lot of players come here and they find success and they love it here and you know they play hard and they struggle and players struggle and I mean Claude Giroux's been here for how many years at least 10 and he you know he's struggled he's never won you know hockey's different of course you all make all the arguments you want but there's plenty of players you could find in the city who have have fallen on hard times and dealt with it way better than Carson Wentz did and Carson Wentz is as much to blame as the Philadelphia Eagles for being the reason that he's no longer here. So where the Eagles go from here, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk more about in the coming weeks. But that's about all I have on, on the, the trade and the where, where we stand as an organization. So I guess moving on to the Sixers. The Sixers have fallen on some pretty hard times. Uh, they just lost three in a row. Uh, the West Coast trip was not good to them whatsoever. Uh, when I left this podcast, it was the Trailblazer game. Uh, I believe I recorded my podcast Thursday. I usually have been doing them on Thursdays pretty consistently. So, uh, last Thursday they did play the Trailblazers. Simmons, one assist from a triple-double. MP 35, uh, you know. Harris 17 like they they had a good game but uh Trailblazers made 17 threes and we just didn't make enough and I I thought that that was the uh you know telltale thing that you know that was the thing that sunk our <coughs> sunk our ship uh sorry if I'm bringing the energy down here a little bit but uh the, the Wentz got me real passionate the Sixers you know I it, it is a absolute Adult, like the this the regular the NBA regular season is just the most useless regular season of all. At least with baseball, as as many games as there are, they all wind up mattering because it comes down to the very end. Sometimes I and if you're, you're a Phillies fan, you've been watched games uh, the the year we clinched the 2007, uh, 2008, nine. They were all coming down to you know not those but the not nine. I'm talking about eight and seven. It was like you know uh 
last weekend, last week situation where, you know, you had to win games and especially in 07, 07 you were hoping that teams were losing. So, but the, the NBA, when you're a team like the Sixers, that's going to be the one, two or whatever seed, you know, it doesn't really matter. You're now you're just hoping to get the home, home court advantage, excuse me, throughout the playoffs. And, you know, hopefully maybe there'll be some fans in there and whatnot. That's things you can hope hope for down the road. I think we're getting closer and closer to that. I'm, I'm getting more and more optimistic as the days go on, even if the number, you know, the numbers will probably tell you otherwise. But I, I'm a little worried. I felt this is this same way, same time last year when March was coming around. I was like, oh, you know, I always get that feeling. Oh, Martin, you know, summer's right around the corner. And they shut that down last year. I'm hoping we can make it through, you know, with the vaccine and whatnot. So, uh, you know, hope we make it through. Back to the Sixers. Um, they lost that. They lost that Trailblazer game. Uh, they were, you know, it was. Uh, they were in it. They came. They were. They were in it till the very end. Uh, pretty poor play call at the end of the game. Ben Simmons, pretty, uh, <clears throat> pretty bad pass. Uh, I, I don't blame him. I just think he was put in a uh, pretty brutal, brutal position right there. Uh, so, you know, and then they go to the Suns game, and in that Suns game, they lose that one too. Um, you know, Embiid with another great performance, he had 35, but, you know, a Booker went off, that was the whole thing, the internet was clowning Simmons for, you know, him getting, you know, getting put up on, you know, oh, his girl, whatnot. Uh, which is, you know, stupid, just NBA Twitter stuff. You, you can't get mad because we, we used to do the same shit when, you know, he would go off. It's just how it is in the, uh, with the idiots on the internet, <clears throat> they love to, they love to have these things. They love to use, you know, people's real life for, for entertainment and fodder and yay, you know, have at it fellas. I just like to stay out of that business for the, you know, for some of it, I, you know, Twitter is Twitter. So you are just commenting on shit and, you know, commenting on other people's lives. But, you know, it's not right. All right, people, it's not right. So they they lose that Suns game. That one hurt. They definitely should have won that game. I don't really, you know, that's another situation again where you watch the game and you just, like, look at both teams and you're like, wow, like, we need to make more threes. We need, like, we need more three-point shooters. And uh, we didn't really get outshot that much. They made they they made forty percent. We made forty one. They made ten. We made seven. But I I just when you see guys like Booker doing that, you're like, God damn man, we I want a guy like that. Why can't we ever get a guy like that? Like, you know, that's what I think. But we have an Embiid. We we have great players. But I just you know, those guys that can just snipe from the outside and put the ball on the floor and get their own shot. That that's a deadly deadly combination, especially in the NBA today when can't put no hands on anybody so uh the utah game uh the sixers uh, utah uh no Embiid. last minute you get uh Embiid out with the back and the sixers actually lose this game uh with a 40 42 point uh one rebound away from a triple double ben simmons and tobias had 36 and 10 he was on fire too they <clears throat> Tobias Moore took over towards the end. Simmons carried them uh, through the beginning part of the game, but they lost that one too. But, you know, again, no Embiid, so it was kind of that was the one thing that made you feel better. And then they finally done that road trip. They go one and three, one and three. They did win against the Kings, 
And, you know, now they beat the Rockets last night. Yes, last night. And Embiid does his thing again, 31-11. Tobias, 24-15. and 15. Curry had 25. They did make some threes. You know. But that's just that's just not that good of a team, and that's what you're expected to do against those teams. It's uh, disappointing to see them lose against the Jazz and Suns and, you know, teams like that. But, again, so regular season doesn't really matter that much, and you're not really playing them at full strength. The uh, Suns game did hurt. I... I Wanted to win that game. They were in that, you know, they, they they weren't really in that game, but they were in that game, if you know what I mean. Like they they could have, could have, they could have, they were right there. They were right there. They were. But once Booker started popping them threes, all right. I don't. I don't honestly don't really care about the Sixers right now. Uh, you know, I actually didn't even watch the game yesterday. It was the first game of the Sixers I haven't watched in a little bit. But, uh, Raptors, Raptors, Mavericks, Cavs. And they got the Bulls tomorrow night. So, by the time I talk to you again, it will, we'll have played the Bulls, Raptors, and Raptors game. Uh, you know, Raptors are a good team. Uh, seven, thir- 13 and 15. They got off to a really bad start, but they've started to turn it around and, that's a great coach there, Nick Nurse. That's just a great team, and not that that's like a that's not the same as when I was talking on a couple weeks ago about that uh, the the Nets game. I will, that's not like a measuring stick game. That's not something that I'm gonna compare us to, but it it will be good to see us against you know some some quality Eastern Conference teams and see like a team we might play in the first round, you know, and see see what we match up against the Rat. Like I think the Raptors will ascend and they'll go higher, but you know you never know. Uh, you got you got teams like the Cavs who are fucking bad, and you you know you got you know you got the Mavs, which you know they're kind of bad, but they they have good players and capable of popping off on you. And then you got the Pacers and Jazz, so it's like you know there's not much time left. It's it's time it's time for the Sixers to you know get, start start putting put you know putting that consistent ball together where we where it doesn't matter who's playing against us we. You know where we're where we're playing, what what's happening. We just you know we get it done, and I'm a little concerned about the Embiid thing. Embiid's been missing some games. You know Simmons was illness and whatnot, but Embiid with the back that's that's very concerning, and uh, I'm I'm a little worried. Uh, I'm uh, I can't lie to you. It's ever since that scumbag LeBron pushed him with the two hands, and you know when he was going up for the dunk, pushed him while he was up in the air, weightless, sent him packing disgraceful note you know barely not barely even what they even call flagrant was he should have been ejected and suspended disgusting absolutely just ugh, ugh. makes me sick when i think about it but it's it sucks for, it sucks for Embiid. it's it sucks for the us because now it's like a it's going to be a thing that lingers it's a guy that already has a back you know situation back situation that's Same back situation that, you know, uh, same back that took him out of games in college. Ended his college, his his freshman season, ended his college career. So, it, it, yeah, it can, it's concerning. A big guy with a back injury is concerning. So that's something that I'm not really looking forward to and not looking forward to hoping that it's not a continuing conversation or something that we talk about on here because that's, you know, horrible news, more bad news. Uh, JT Romuto broke his thumb today. 
So he might be ready for opening day. They're saying he probably should, but they say you can't move it for two weeks. And, you know, who knows? Who knows? He'll probably, and now he's going to probably take a while to knock the rust off early in the season. So that's something that's going to follow the fills along. Uh, Odubel Herrera, they, they might bring him back. They don't give a fuck if he's beating up his girlfriend, which is pretty disgusting. But that's you know that's going to be for, forced to be a conversation all season long. He probably will make the team because the Phillies center fielding situation is so horrific that he, he probably fits right in with uh, the rest of the uh, horrible players. I mean, they're talking about Kingery, Quinn, Hazley. Like, Hazley, I was all on Hazley if you listen to this podcast back in the day, but... That guy hasn't really performed. He doesn't really do much. He's not. He's more of like a uh, pin. He seems like a pinch hitting, you know, like uh, situational player more than a everyday uh, center fielder. And the same thing for Roman Quinn. So maybe they'll try to make that work. But Odubel, you know, he he had a good. He he has good three month stretches or month stretches where he gets hot and he's unbelievable. But you know, it's not, it's not worth it for you know. Maybe they bring him in and he just to caught him later. Who knows? But the Odubel Herrera situation is not good for the Phils. Are putting Joe Girardi, everyone else, in a bad situation and having to answer questions about it. No, but you know, I hope he doesn't. You know, if he plays well, it becomes a problem for the Phils because then you know you're going to have to play him, or you're going to have to answer questions, or you'll you're just going to have to deal with. It's going to be a problem either way. Either way. However, you deal with this one, it will be a problem, and there's going to be backlash from there's going to be backlash from you know people it, whether it's you know you can't you people just say just cut them, but you can't with the rules of the uh, Major League Baseball Players Association. Uh, you know, you can't cut them for non-baseball matters. So maybe they bring them in and tra- they're, maybe they're trying to get rid of them. Who knows? No one wants them. Maybe someone trades for them. You know, may, no, I, I, we'll see. This thing is going to going to continue to play out. I'll be curious to see him actually play and see what he looks like out there and see if he, you know, see what he looks I haven't seen him play in a while. But I, I just really hope that we don't have to deal with this. I hope he's not a part of this team moving forward you know, into into the actual regular season, into the actual 2021 season. Uh, but it looks like it's a possibility, and it looks like it might be a situation where we we're going to have to deal with it and talk about it and if he's on the team, we're gonna have to, you know, we're gonna have to deal with it. But that—that's the—that's what's, you know, the on the docket for the fills right now. I, the pitchers and catchers just reported, I believe. Yeah, they did. They did just reported the other day, and already we got a broken thumb for JT. They got DD. They, they you know, I, I'm excited about the Phillies because I love the Phillies. I root for the Phils. So we'll see, but I, I like I've said on this podcast, I do not get excited uh, about dudes in shorts throwing baseballs around. It's never really done it for me, and I used to get excited when the Phils were a perennial powerhouse, and I expected them to be <clears throat> in the World Series every year and win the NL East every year. Now, when you know, I get excited to watch the the team when I'll get excited around opening day, but right now, yeah, my excitement level is pretty low. I, I you know. They're, they they're not good enough for me to get excited about in February. Uh, maybe as later March comes around, then I'll, I'll start to get I'll start to get a little amped up. But right now, nothing. Flyers haven't played in like three weeks. They all have COVID. Who knows who's even around for the Flyers to play? You know, the taxi squad is barren and empty. It's turned into the ambulance squad. Uh, now nah, I'm just looking forward to watching them play a game again. 
Hopefully sometime soon. Yeah, maybe maybe that would be fun, wouldn't it? Uh, but other than that, I did want to talk about the UFC this weekend. I thought it was a, you know, on paper, not a great card, but it turned out being a very entertaining card from the fan aspect and just, you know, I like I've talked about in this podcast many times, love the UFC. I will continue to love the UFC. And I don't think I did good on the picks. You can look, listen back and, uh, Ian Heinish was one of them that I had and I thought Gaslam, you know, I, I wanted him to show me that he's back to who who he was before. He didn't look great, but neither did Heinish, and he he pushed the pace and he dominated that fight. But I, I, let's start. <clears throat> I don't want to bury the lead. Let's start. Let's start at the top. We'll move. No, we'll we'll move our way down. Kamaru Usman defeated Gilbert Burns in the third round via TKO. Uh, he got clipped in the first round. Was able to manage it well. His jab was popping him and and knocked him down twice which is crazy, knocking someone down with a jab. He was switching stances and hitting them with the lead right hand and just cracking them. It was it was superbly impressive, and you can just tell by being with Trevor Whitman how the striking is just getting better and better and those hands. And it's just why I continue to talk about on this podcast how I think he is by bar none the best. If he's not the overall MMA coach, he's for sure the best striking MMA coach in the game. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't work with anyone else if I was trying to get my hands right. And now he's learning those leg. That's what even Rogan says. He's training with uh, Justin Gaethje so much. He's firing those leg kicks now too. And he, he, you know, he he got clipped and he figured out like what the deal with Gilbert was early on. And he Gilbert brought the heat early. After that, it kind you know he was stinging him with punches, but Kamara was able to you know weather the storm, continue to move on, and then just just started to pick him apart. Once midway through the second round, you realize that this was this fight was pretty much over. Kamar, you know, Gilbert had his chance. Uh, he he, you know, he was he shot his load. He went after it, and he didn't get it, and he fell short. And there's nothing to be ashamed of. You're you're fighting the you know the best in the world, and one of the best of all time. Kamar Usman is no joke, and that that everyone should be talking about him. He should be a, he should be a star outside the sport. Uh, all over ESPN, and people should know who he is, like they know Adesanya and they know John Jones. But you know, uh, we who knows who controls that and why people like who and whatnot. We'll, you know, we'll say maybe a, a, a fight with him and Masvidal will bring people back into the into the fold and try to you know get them excited again. But for now, that was a great fight, great performance by Kamaro, and I I look forward to seeing you know. What he does next, and seeing that Masvidal fight, if it actually does happen, if they do him and him and Masvidal on the Ultimate Fighter, which is a uh, reality show where they follow the fighters around, and then at the end they like the there's a bracket for fights, and they all fight to get to the end, and then whoever wins gets a contract in the UFC, which is it's a, it's an entertaining show if you if you would uh, you know ever sit down and give it a chance. Um, if you're in the reality TV, it's reality TV at its finest, but it just you know gives the sport aspect. Shout out uh, Pros vs. Joes. That was one of my favorite shows back in the day. Shout out, bring, hashtag bring back Pros vs. Joes. Alexa Grasso pretty much dominated Macy Barber. Uh, Macy looked good at, at the very last round. She picked it up at the end, but Alexa Grasso was better than her in pretty much every facet. Every time she tried to wrestle, she was you know great on the defense. And... You know, she just started to turn into a brawl in the third round, which really worked in her favor, but it was too late by then. And Alexa Grasso had already gained enough of a lead, and 
You know, and it was too late. Grosso, unanimous decision. Macy Barber, is she done? I don't think so. I think she has a lot of potential. I think she could become a great fighter. I think she's so young and, you know, she's going to get clowned because she made a big deal of her, you know, future, you know, the youngest champion and whatnot. But, uh, you know, I think Aaron Hawani said this and I did agree with it. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, it doesn't mean she's done. Doesn't mean she's done. Calvin Gaslam beat Ian Heinish. Uh, pretty boring fight. Heinish didn't really have anything for him. He was just trying to, like, panic wrestle. And it didn't work. Ricky Simone defeated Brian Kelleher, dominated him, cracked him open early in the fight. Uh, Julian Marquez, which was one of the picks I gave on here, he was minus like 170. He submitted Maki Patolo via Anaconda choke in the third round, which was like a prayer because he was probably losing. He was going to lose on the cards. Uh, Anthony Hernandez, Anthony Fluffy Hernandez, man, this is crazy. He submitted Hadolfo the Black Belt Hunter Vieira, which is a crazy. Hadolfo Vieira is a war, like. Multiple-time world champion uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, practitioner. Uh, won the world championships, uh, like, I'm looking at three, four times in a row. Won the World Cup multiple times. Uh, you know, he's just incredible. Won the Pan Ams, European champ. Like, won so many uh, accolades, and he got submitted. He gassed out in about two minutes and 30 seconds. Right at the midway part of that round, he had nothing for him. And gave gave them gave absolutely nothing. Gassed out, was eating shots and unreal chin. He he shredded. I was like thinking, like, dude, this guy's absolutely jacked. I didn't know he's probably on roids and just gassed out in the first 12, 12 seconds of the fight. He threw a couple punches, went for one choke, and was done. Bilal Muhammad, who's now going to fight Leon Edwards after after he just fought Diego Lima and dominated him, he's going to fight Bilal, uh, Bilal Muhammad's going to fight Leon Edwards in two weeks or no. Three weeks. Uh, I think it's the March 13th or 6th car. One of those. He's going to fight him uh, in the main event. Five-round main event, which is pretty crazy. He's going to be in the best shape that he could possibly be in. Another pick I gave on here, Mallory Martin. Pollyanna Viana. Uh, Pollyanna Viana subbed her early. It was a first-round submission uh, arm bar. It was going back and forth between the triangle and the arm bar, and she made pretty quick work of it. Chris Gutierrez versus Andre Yule. Uh, Gutierrez, leg kick artist uh saw a twitter a twitter person saying how like how good is he top five in the in the ufc in uh leg kicks like in those calf kicks like he masters them and i'm like yeah i mean he stopped the he stopped the fight before with the calf kicks so give him credit uh gabriel green and and philip rowe was the early prelim gabriel green uh that's right. I don't, you know, I did not watch that fight, but who wouldn't watch those prelims? Uh, I was trying to try and tell you what happened. I know Phil Brown looked good in the first round. Gabriel Green came back towards the second and third. That I do remember, but I just remember seeing Phil Brown being like, damn, dude, you're gassing hard. Uh, you know, and those early prelim fights, those are just, even if you're a better, you're just trying to see where, where the vibes are. What are we feeling? How are we doing? So, next, we're looking at Curtis Blades. And Derek Lewis, I'm probably going to take Blades here. Blades is, is the favorite. He should be. Uh, I'm not looking at the money lines and whatnot, but uh, you know, it's just it's just a tough matchup for Derek Lewis. Uh, Blades is a hardcore wrestler. If if, if the, Derek Lewis can Derek Lewis impressed me against Olenek, but Blades is no Olenek, and Blades can absolutely hold people down and dominate them for 25 minutes. You know, I don't know if Derek Lewis has it in him to be fighting back and wrestling for 25 minutes. I'm 
I, I, I worry about that if I'm picking Derek Lewis. Maybe a prayer knockout sort of bet would be in- interesting to someone. Ketlin Vieira and Yana Kunitskaya. Uh, I love Ketlin Vieira, so I'll probably be betting her. She's uh, 11 and eleven and 1 in mixed martial arts. So, yeah. So we got Alexia Lynn. We got Charles Rosa fighting. We got Phil Halls, Andre Orlovsky, Tom Aspinall. It's a pretty good card. Uh, I would take Chris Dawkins. Give me Rosa. Uh, Rosa Minner I wouldn't pick. Uh, Halls, Imovava, I would not pick. I would pick Aspinall. Uh, Pat Sabatini and Rafael Alves. I did not know Sabatini is fighting tonight. He's a local guy, Philly guy. Uh, good luck, Pat, in your fight this weekend, man. I'll be I'll really be rooting for you. I did not know you were fighting. Jared Green, uh, Flash, Flash, or Jared Gordon, sorry. Think about Gabriel Green. Jared Flash Gordon, Danny Chavez. That's a tough fight for uh, Gordon. Dracar Close and Luis Pena, Eddie Wineland. I mean, this is, I don't know if any of these are all on Wikipedia, so we'll see if any of these fights are really happening. But a uh, great fight card this weekend, especially just the main card. I know those main card fights are happening, so I look forward to that. Uh, and that probably wraps it up here for the Hot Take Hotbox. Uh, my name is Matt McSweeney. Thank you for joining me again. Uh, shout out to everyone out there that listens. I thank you, and if you listen to the very end, this is you know, incredible. I appreciate it. I'm going to start filming. I'm going to start doing more. I'm going to start filming these, putting them on YouTube, doing more content like uh, YouTube and breakdown wise, more of just my thoughts on specific, specific topics and stuff like that, just to, you know, so to not muck this up so much. So thank you and I appreciate it and I will see you all soon.